Welcome to episode number 35 of Narmer Narmer. In this episode, we tried to correct some of the things we got wrong in last week's episode about SoundCloud rap. This is the very first time that we have had a two-part episode, and we actually had such a long episode last week that I could have just given you the second half of it because I had to cut more than half of it out to make it any sort of reasonable time length. However, we went in and recorded another super long episode, and now... I think that both Alexis and I never want to hear or talk about SoundCloud rap ever again in our lives. In preparation for this episode, we listened to podcasts other people made about SoundCloud rap. Alexis watched the Lil Peep documentary. I watched the Takashi 69 documentary. We came in with a much more clear head about what we were talking about, and I hope that it helps clear th- some things up. I don't know why we're insisting on overthinking SoundCloud rap, but here's Overthinking SoundCloud Rap Part 2. Enjoy. Um, do you know what a SoundCloud rapper is? <laughs> I feel like I'm closer today than I was last week. Yeah. I listened to a few podcasts. Some really unhelpful. What did you listen to? You sent me that that what is that? Popcast. And then I listened to another one from them recorded in kind of the hype of SoundCloud rap and it was more so about I think it's called Is SoundCloud a business or a community? And that was really interesting. Mm, that's a big cue. Yeah. That's then, not the only big cue, but it's one of them. It's- yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> that might be on the bottom of the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also <laughs> listened to one that was just two guys sitting in their cars getting high and talking about SoundCloud, and it was somehow very relatable. Like, it just... <laughs> not relatable. It uh just kind of left me as confused as I was last week. Should we be recording this in a car? <laughs> Is that what we need? Is that the missing element? Okay, okay so... so- <laughs> Jinx. I just wanted to say that we had to return to this topic. This is part two. Because yeah. some of our most loyal fans had some feedback about part one of SoundCloud Rapper. Really? Um, yeah. Just one, just one loyal fan. Just that we're wrong? Yeah, we just got a lot of stuff wrong. And listening to it, I was embarrassed. Yeah. So we had to really reopen it. Plus, even though that recording was an hour and 45 minutes, <laughs> I really feel like we really hit a dead end somewhere around, like, minute 10. <laughs> and we just never got out of it. So we've done our homework extra now. Yep. I think I told you earlier... After I recorded that, I had felt like SoundCloud rap was gaslighting me. <laughs> like, I just felt ridiculous. I think we were wrong. I agree. Well, I watched the 6 9 documentary, and I listened to some extension. I googled SoundCloud rap. Yeah, I listened to a little bit more of it, too. I listened to some Juice World. Mm. I watched the Lil Peep documentary. Listened to some Lil Peep. Listened to some more Lil Pump and dived a little bit more into SoundCloud rap. 
Wait, so what was that one? Po- uh, Popcast? Uh, yeah, Popcast. The Popcast episode describes SoundCloud rap as a micro moment, which helped me because I'm thinking part of what I can't wrap my head around is that it seems so specific and yet everyone's heard of it and yet no one listens to it and yet all the videos have 360 million mm-hmm. views. So I just mentally can't bridge the gap, but to refer to it as like a subgenre of something actually kind of helps me because I'm like, okay, it doesn't, it's not quite the umbrella term that people make it out to be. It's not all these different things. It really is just mm-hmm. like this handful of people who put out music at a certain time doing a certain thing. Yeah. The podcast from them that was the, is SoundCloud, a business or a community, was really helpful too in that it, they got really deep into like having archives of things. Oh. In the digital world. Because, you know, in the past, it's just books. Historians and librarians getting together to, like, try and archive, like, digital things that can just poof out of existence. Like, And they compared it to Vine. And they're like, yeah, you can look at YouTube videos of these old Vines. But it's never the same as when those Vines came out. And it was, like, really about a specific moment and a specific meme that was happening at the time. And that's why everyone was getting it then. And, like, you can save and download all of these SoundCloud songs, but it was more so about what was happening and, like, the artists that were communicating with each other at the time and just stuff like that. Do people download SoundCloud music? Yeah, I think you can download SoundCloud music. That was another... Apparently, there was a period of time where, basically, SoundCloud was going under. Like, they didn't have money, and they thought it was just going to disappear. I guess this was right before Chance put out... Uh, coloring book. Wow. Uh, a bunch of people were like, Chance, you can't let SoundCloud die. Like, he didn't single-handedly do it, but he was like, a voice in it. The 6 9 documentary interviews one of the SoundCloud co-founders. Extension really brought business to SoundCloud. Yeah. Extension, from what I understand now, I think better. I don't think it was Lil Wayne. It wasn't. <laughs> Uh, it seemed really like it was Extension and Juice World. Yeah, like Juice World was the cleaned up version. Yeah. Like cleaned up sonically. And Lil Peep kind of, too, was given a lot of credit. Yeah. They used the term abrasive. Mm-hmm. They kept calling it folk. Yeah. That, I thought, I see every time I think I start to get it. It throws you. They called it folk. Like, the first time they called it folk, I was like, whoa, okay, maybe. And then they just kind of, like, kept leaning into that. But it kind of, like, I get it. I get it in a weird way. I finally understood, after watching the 6 9 documentary, the point of having colorful hair and all of that. Mm-hmm. Six Nine's whole thing was to get as much internet attention as possible. Yeah. So he was just trolling people and trying to gain clout and doing whatever he could to get attention. And part of that movie, this also helped me understand the whole thing, was the interviewer is like, okay, if video killed the radio star, what did social media do? Mm -hmm. And... I think he was asking the SoundCloud guy, and he was like, well, it it gave the most attention to whoever was doing the most extreme thing. Mm -hmm. So we've got this kid who, like, started out before he got really into the number 6'9 and getting it tattooed on him, 
started out putting like really outrageous words on his clothes. Yeah. Whatever most eye-catching vulgar words, like he had a hat that just said HIV. Yeah. Once he was at the point of getting a 69 tattooed on his face, you know, people are reblogging that or whatever. Right. I will also say he had his Instagram deleted so many times and it made me think of our good friend <laughs> Donald Trump. I'm not surprised <laughs> that a rapper doing extreme things for attention, including like filming sexual activity that ends up being literally rape, you know, like as one of the first things in his career, somebody doing all of that for attention. Of course, they're going to get their Instagram deleted a bunch of times. But it also reminded me of the slut whisperer from American Meme, who also had his account deleted a bunch of times. I'm glad you remembered his name, because for some reason I couldn't. <laughs> you blocked out slut whisperer? Yeah, I somehow blocked out slut whisperer. I kept thinking Hunter Moore in my brain, but I knew that's not who I was I thought of Hunter Moore, too. Yeah. Like, there are definitely plenty of people who deserve to be blocked. I actually don't think Slut Whisperer has been accused of any crimes. But no, I considering think Donald Trump totally has been accused of crimes, I'm like, fucking good. Yeah. Delete his shit. You delete everyone else's shit. Where do you think people like 6ix9ine and how he took social media and all of that, where do you think that falls with, what's that, was that Skate Magazine, Big Brother? I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, Big Brother. There's that Hulu documentary called Big Brother that's all about the skate magazine that was just so outrageous. What reminded me of it is, so watching that Hulu documentary about Big Brother, they had articles that were like, how to commit suicide. Things that like your gut reaction is you can't say that or like you can't do that. You can't print that. There is a moment in one of 6ix9ine's earliest videos where somebody is literally shooting up. Wow. And it is so shocking and my literal like jaws on the floor like oh my god you can't do that yeah you can't do that and he kept getting attention and everybody hates him <laughs> yeah no i think that's a great comparison i don't know it kind of like weirdly allows room for things that aren't that controversial to exist yeah by, like, moving the bar over to, like, well, at least I'm not this, so I still have room to do this. Right. Yeah. One of the things in Lil Peep's documentary, talking about, like, when he would go into public, before he was, like, too big, I think when he was big, too, but when he had, like, all of his face tattoos and all of that, he they would, like, go into restaurants with, like, his girlfriend or whatever, and just be like, do you think people are staring at me? Like, are people judging me? People around him, would, if you felt this way why did you get all these tattoos like if you're gonna be nervous and like feeling judged the whole time he would just do drastic things to his appearance because he just didn't want to have a normal career or life or whatever what oh he had crybaby right tattooed on his face yeah he also has like a anarchy a on his cheek um six nine i was really glad because they talked to the person who did his hair and they talked to the guy who did his tattoo Ooh. The salon girl's, like, literally still sad that he is messed up or, like, not around. I think they might have interviewed her when she was, when he was in jail. I don't know. Anyways, when they talked to the the tattoo guy, he was like, we have a rule that we don't tattoo hands or face of young people, things that could ruin their opportunity to get jobs later. I was glad to hear that because... I kind of think that maybe it's because you can buy tattoo needles on Amazon, but I think there's, like, a rise in stick-and-poke culture. Yeah. 
people can actually do pretty okay stick and pokes. I think they could probably do it more or less safely, but the what I've noticed about it is just like an utter lack of ethics. Like you can get a stick and poke from somebody who doesn't have those kind of rules. So like I know somebody whose first tattoo is like the center of their collarbone. And I was so disappointed and sad because I was like, you, an actual tattoo artist would not have tattooed an 18-year-old there without like a lot of conversation or just would have refused. So anyways, this person who did this was like, you know, we don't do those kind of tattoos, but he told us very confidently that this is who he was going to be and he was going to be a rapper. And he insisted. He committed to this so hard. That's like the point of the face tattoos. Here's a kicker. When he got the tattoo on his face, he went viral as a meme of, like, the final boss of SoundCloud rappers. (laughs) (laughs) He was never on SoundCloud. (laughs) He was just, like, putting up... God damn it! Like, I don't know what this is! He was never on SoundCloud! He was just putting out, like, YouTube videos? Or, like, music videos? Yeah, he, he would tell people he was collaborating with that his music was trash, but his videos were fire. We did nail some things last week. There were some things I was like, oh, I don't even know how I'm how we made those connections without yeah, actually like uh, what we were talking about. Takashi Six Nine's first video opens with him listening to Nirvana. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. They're like I, uh, heavily influenced by Nirvana. Yeah. Like the all Kurt Cobain thing. Makes so much sense. There was something else we were very right about. Oh, the persona. He, like, went from having, like, a stage presence and everybody would refer to these, like, two separate facets, especially there's uh, a girl that he was, like, sort of dating who had his baby. I like when they titled her as the mother of Danny's daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I had to read it so many times because I was like, I don't understand. Is it his mom? Is it his sister? Like, I was so confused. <laughs> I had to read it so many times. It? To what it yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I don't think in communication with him anymore. And she's very like, no nonsense throughout the whole thing. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know what his fucking problem is. He's abusive. He's but, you know, so she's able to draw or like shed a lot of light on like, okay, there used to be Danny and then Takashi 69. And then just over time, that line got blurred and, like, Danny's kind of gone. Yeah. Like, imagine if the Juggalos woke up and they still had the face paint on. Yeah, it kind of makes you really respect how ICP handles their shit. Also, okay, so this actually, this leads to one of the corrections from last week's episode regarding Fago. Apparently it is sold outside of the Midwest. I don't care. I don't care. It's a Midwest drink. And I don't think they should sell it outside of the Midwest. Also, apparently Fago doesn't like that ICP endorses their drink. I don't understand how the fuck they sell any... They must only be selling Fago to people mixing it with codeine, right? They, they must. must. Who is just drinking Fago? It is not a family drink. It's so hard to drink. No one who isn't on drugs would drink that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just imagining them trying to build an ad campaign, and they're like, we have to ignore the fact that it's mostly juggalos and drug addicts. Yeah. Or some mix of the two. I mean, there's also, like, multiple lawsuits. From Fago to... No, I was trying to see if Fago and Juggalos had been in a lawsuit. 
but there's actually just multiple lawsuits against ICP of people who attended their shows and got injured from bottles of Fago, <laughs> like getting hit in the chest and passing out, or like getting hit in the head and passing out. Some girl like broke her arm after getting hit with after passing out from getting hit with a two liter of Fago. Jeez Louise. I bought Fago because of ICP once. I found it. Had to try it. And you said, wow, this is an ICP souvenir. Exactly. You didn't say, I would love to drink soda tasting like cotton candy. (laughs) I did not say that. I didn't say, hmm, I'm parched. I'm gonna get a, (laughs) I'm gonna get this cotton candy flavored drink to continue my road trip at this truck stop. Mmm, this will help. Oh, that really hits this. That really hits this. That really makes driving a lot easier. <laughs> Maybe so. You know, I made all those charts with percentages about Fago. I stand by them, even if they're wrong. I don't care. I'm over it. Fago doesn't deserve respect. Like, are you t- like they didn't? They never jumped at the opportunity to have like an ICP themed Fago. They're afraid they'll lose their family values. Who's drinking Fago for family values? Mr. Fago? <laughs> Who was Mr. Fago? Oh, speaking of misters. Um Lil Wayne did a remix of a 6ix9ine song. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he did. We were really wrong on all the Lil Wayne things. It made sense. It made sense. I think SoundCloud rap actually doesn't stand for anything Lil Wayne stands for. <laughs> They're kind of against it. What does Lil Wayne stand for? Lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. That's my yeah. I can't believe I asked. Did Six Nine support Trump? I forget. I doubt it. I know what? Lil Pump did. Oh yeah, Six Nine says he would vote for Trump post prison. <laughs> but is he just saying that? I feel like I remember he literally would like shit talk. Just any rapper and be like, uh, just jump on live and be like, Ludacris sucks. Oh yeah, didn't he do a thing against, oh no wait, Lil Pump did a thing against Eminem, right? Yeah, they all are just throwing shade at each other just to get attention. But the problem, 6 9 like put a hit out on somebody, you know? He took it too far, he just kept taking it too far. And then when he got caught. Dude, he like beat up Chief Keef or like. Oh yeah, yeah. Something like that. But he... Oh, yeah, goddamn. He is too much. He's too much. That's an interesting movie. Yeah, he ordered a hit on Chief Keef. You can't do that. <laughs> How do you think this compares to, like... I know it's drastically... Oh, I can't wait for what you're about to say. <laughs> uh, different as far as legality and things. But to, like, a David Dobrik. Because David Dobrik... Aims for more kids. He's obviously clean in comparison to 6ix9ine. But he also just does absolutely ridiculous things for videos. And, like, for years, he just did videos that were 4 minutes and 20 seconds. That's all he did. Yeah, big LOL, David Dobrik. And would and he would even say, like, yeah, my it's my friends. Like, my friends do everything. I think it's valid because it's like, how much do you do just for attention? I mean, his brand is clickbait. His brand is literally clickbait. Right, like, he claims that like he prints it on clothing but he does a cl- he does a clean version to like but six nine clean. is also clickbait but he's also crime and sex so it's kind of like 
the internet's got a little something for everybody, you know? Right. I, um, one of Six Nine's first songs is called Shinigami, which is my cat is named after a Shinigami. My cat's name is Ryuk. And it made me so happy. <laughs> His earlier, before he got, before he was like hurting people to continue to get attention, like I think splicing hentai in is a kind of genius. Like it's gross. Yeah. But that's like clever. Yeah. He's kind of a genius. <laughs> he just kept pushing it too far. To the point, like, kids are just about ego. And before he had all the tattoos and stuff, it was like, damn, you could know that kid. Yeah. I noticed, I only watched some of it, but he just seemed like a normal kid I would know. But now it's like, you. what you see first is the face tattoo, the hair. The grills. The, the grills. You don't see a person. It's like the like ninth thing you notice about him is that he's a human being. Did he? How were his like shows selling? As like sold out, dude. I was in shock for like Lil Peeps because he wasn't on the radio. He wasn't like on the things, and he was like selling out like three thousand people venues in Russia. Yeah, Six Nine got most of his attention in Slovakia at first. Most of these kids like hardly spoke English. And they were just, like, waiting there for him. Dude, I mean, I get that kind of... I don't really give a fuck what they're saying. It's just... Yeah. It just sounds cool. Yeah. Like, even Bad Bunny, I have to listen to it 40 times before I get what he's saying. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Bad Bunny originally posted on... SoundCloud. SoundCloud! It's really becoming a trigger word. I really never want to hear SoundCloud ever again in my life. Yeah. I agree. Whatever happened to MySpace, you know? Yeah, that's a whole... That's a whole can of... That was something we skipped over that I think if we weren't so hell-bent on figuring out SoundCloud, we could have... <laughs> we would have Googled that any other day, but instead we're both like, my intellect must figure yeah. out... Yeah. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> just throwing out words, and we're like, MySpace, yeah, MySpace. Yeah, totally. I forget what I read that referred to this as a fourth wave MTV emo, but that a lot of fourth, a lot of fourth wave MTV emo started on MySpace. That makes a lot of sense to me because I remember seeing a lot of emo bands. Like I would see them on MySpace, but then like see them on TRL. What is TRL? Total Request Live. You don't watch TRL? Nope. Is that a channel? No, it was on MTV. Uh, no, I got a lot of my music video content from Comcast On Demand. Okay. TRL was actually a really cool music show on MTV. And they would just, like, have live performances and premiere videos and, like, have artists on and stuff. So these fourth wave MTV emo groups are on there? Yes. I remember, like, I specifically remember, like, Paramore on there. I remember All American Rejects. I feel like I remember, like, Cartel, Fall Out Boy. That all adds up to me. Like, and I remember... It makes sense. I watched a lot of MTV music videos. Like, I used to stay up all night just to watch them, and it was so emo. <laughs> it's funny, because this list of MySpace bands that you came up with, or from wherever, like, I'm pretty sure that four of these were at the same 
radio day in Tucson. Oh, yeah. You know, like Black Veil Brides, Hollywood Undead. Yeah, I was trying to think of as many as I could off the top of my head and then looked them up. And then I just Googled MySpace bands and it was like them and like 10 other bands on there. And then I was like, okay. Yeah, but I don't think that it's the same as the SoundCloud shit. I think that they were still first and foremost making music, whereas I'm convinced that the like appearance and everything of these SoundCloud guys is like the extreme attention getting. And that's like distinctly social media based. In the little peep documentary, there are some photos of him like in a fashion magazine and like trying to get into fashion. Mm-hmm. And it very much reminded me of like the Harry Styles thing. Was he wearing a dress? <laughs> Yes, but it's in a very different way than, like... Was it more in a Green Day way? Even, like, the Kurt Cobain dress, where it's like, yeah, he's a weird kid. Um, Yeah, he was, like, sort of getting into, like, the fashion thing and all of that towards towards the end there. But his was very much about appearance as well. Extensions music is sad. It's so sad. It's pretty dark. And I get what would be special about finding it on soundcloud Mm -hmm. i get why like the middle schooler part of you that would be into my chemical romance would also be into finding this person's depression mix on soundcloud and some of it is just like guitar and singing that's how a lot of little peeps is too and like listening to i had listened to some little peep before but listening to more of it little peep is definitely more on the emo rap he's the founding father basically of emo rap listening to it i just felt like i was listening to like my chemical romance or like it reminded me of metro station or like the main or something but it makes so much sense why it blew up the way it did drake is slightly credited for having emotional rap music yeah we didn't bring up drake because we were so busy thinking about lil wayne but it's more like (laughs) a drake thing and i'm convinced that drake wouldn't exist without kanye so, also Kanye is huge on fashion from the beginning of his career. Like he was rapping about working at the Gap and being too good for the Gap because he dressed so well, and now he's like partnered with Gap. But like he's been, look how far you've come. Yeah. You're not the the guy. Restocking. You're not Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not folding the. He's jeans. been. That's a great. I've been sort of. I was listening to some Kanye today, and I sort of had that thought, but I thought it was a stretch. But I think he's connected in there. I think we slightly said that he could technically be emo, and then we got distracted. Because <laughs> we thought, what about Kid Cudi, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Kanye's done a lot of things for attention. He had a lot of cartoony and bright-colored things early on, too. Post Malone barely fits in this SoundCloud world. Barely fits. I don't think he even qualifies in most cases. He still gets brought up. He's yeah. not one of the main guys. No. I think that he's part of what confuses it for everybody. Yeah. To call him a SoundCloud rapper, sure, technically. Yeah, by some standards, yes. But, like, I don't think the audience is the same. It doesn't sound the same. It doesn't look the same. Yeah. Plus, for some reason, the common American household accepts him, mm-hmm. which is like, directly wrong. You can't be a SoundCloud rapper and be 
a household name that people like. You can't be in a Doritos commercial. One of the things with Little Peep was they talked a lot about how was just stuff like friends taking advantage of him and like him trying to be everything for everybody and just kind of... Isn't that the name of it? Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Um, it's called Everything. Everyone's Everything, I think. Yeah. Basically just that. And I mean, I'm sure there were like incredible stretchers for being who he was, but like most of it just sounded like a lot of normal teenage stuff to be going through. Mm -hmm. I get why it made the takeover. It did. Kids having even more access and knowing more what to do than like we did when we were that age, like teenagers Mm -hmm. on the internet, be on the internet and like find things and search for things and like, yeah, get into things. Like I remember watching YouTube videos and there were only like 10 that I knew what to watch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Annoying orange. That one video, that green video with the exorcist. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoes. Um, unicorn. Yeah. See, then, then that, then, then you're yeah. good. But like, they had so much more access at a younger age than we did. Do you recommend the, uh, little peep documentary? I don't because it's incredibly graphic. If you watch it, only watch like the first hour of it. How many hours is it? It's like almost two hours long. I know we talked about just like, was there anybody there who was trying to look out for his well-being? And that, I don't remember if that was in the podcast I sent you or if it was in the other one I was listening to. They talked about it a lot in the one you sent me. About just like these record companies and... Some of them were, would say, like, oh, no, I don't want to deal with that guy. Like, that guy's oh, too much. Yeah, that guy's troubled. He's going to kill himself or whatever. We don't want that on our hands. There were some people that were like, hey, you can't live here anymore. You got to go. This is bad. You got to get away from this. Some people were trying to get him out of it. There was a one clip where, like, he there, there was, like, an after party at a show and someone handed him a bottle, and he took it, and then he's like, no, 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 I don't think I'm going to do this. And then someone else was like, yeah, he's on Xanax. And he goes, yeah, you can't make Xanax and alcohol. He was aware of what he was doing. Like, you know, like he... Where the fuck is all the Xanax coming from? I don't know where it's all coming from. And so there was someone who had played, like, his earliest shows with him said, there's going to be a lot of people on this documentary who are lying and who just want attention. I hate that. This sounds like a terrible movie. Or hard to watch. It's horrifying. It's very hard to watch. Don't watch it. It's way too soon. Even, like, the people who made it, like, should not have included what they included. Like, oh, that's- it doesn't feel like this is a story that's being told on behalf of people who have a tough upbringing who might relate to this. It feels like, oh, this is what people with a tough tough upbringing do. They grow up and they get a face tattoo and they rap. Right. It just feels kind of gross to me because it's just like more of that attention seeking thing and I don't like it. That podcast that you sent me had a lot about like these people aren't products and at one point they were like maybe the next step and those people actually have influence thank god to say like maybe record labels need to have a line on their budget that's like getting help for people that they have on contracts. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, wh- 
how could you know if they have if they have 50 artists they might not be able to get health insurance for everybody and it's like no they can they can like the people recording this i think we're taking almost too much of like a money perspective and that was good in some ways because it's like first of all wouldn't it be more profitable to not let people die like it's not a good argument for people who only care about money but also they can afford to keep these people safe they need to be doing that yeah and then my thought was soundcloud rappers union (laughs) that they should unionize just no they need to if you're going to involve yourself that heavily in someone's life you absolutely need to be providing those other protections i don't give a fuck yeah you can afford a fucking therapist for lil peak yeah yeah i get why kurt cobain didn't have a therapist you know but like we've seen this time and time and time and time again especially within rap alone like so many people are murdered and all everything they're not protected the same way they're not no one's gonna no one could get within 20 feet of taylor swift to try to murder her that would not be allowed right uh side note six nine was offered witness protection which he denied (laughs) how do you put someone in witness protection (laughs) when they have a six nine tattooed on their face (laughs) honestly (laughs) And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. And they were probably so relieved. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like yeah. we're just going to call you 9 6. He says yes, but he refuses to get his tattoos covered. Yeah. I'm like, how do you, what is he going <laughs> to. If he got them all removed, he'd be unrecognizable. But I don't think he'd want to do that. And I think he'd say where he was. But instead, he just saved everyone the trouble and was like, I'm just going to risk it. In part one, I said that SoundCloud rappers say skeet. It was a slip of the tongue. They don't say skeet. They say skirt. They say skirt. Which like when is- you're Mario karting around a corner. Yep. It's the sound of a car, which is different than skeet. Mm-hmm. Like to the window, to the wall. Most of these SoundCloud rappers aren't influenced by rappers. But that's why I, That's why they have no respect when they go like... Yeah, Eminem sucks. Like, they do not give... They don't... I'm sorry for using Eminem as my first example. But... <laughs> no, like, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that SNL skit nailed it! Because, like, 6 9 broke the video records that Eminem held for a song that had 15 Grammys. But 6 9s going to get zero Grammys for that song. But he broke those records online. Uh, Speaking of the SNL thing, another correction... We said it was about Lil Xan. I don't think it's Lil Xan. Unfortunately, I couldn't find videos of these two people, but they were on the Lil Peep doc, and they just talked exactly like those two that the SNL, that, um, sorry, Pete Davidson and Timothy Chamolet Mm -hmm. played. uh, This is Bexy and Rain. They collaborated with Lil Peep. Wow, cool hair. Yeah, but don't they look exactly like... They do, and they're like posed the same. Yeah, they talked exactly like that, but for some reason, I couldn't find any videos of them together. I don't know what these two do, honestly. They have songs, but I don't know what most of these people do. So yeah, what's next? What's gonna is TikTok worthy of rap music? They have they make viral things. Gucci Man, 
Yeah, we've all heard Coochie Man. I is the artist called Coochie Man, too? I don't know. That song stresses me out. <laughs> you can't even Google it. <laughs> uh, Bored in the House? Or, that you know that Avenue Beat song, F2020? Yeah. I first saw that on a TikTok. Bored in the House. Tyga and Curtis Roach. So, obviously, Tyga's huge. Tyga doesn't need TikTok. But, like, it was just a... T- like, it came out of TikTok. That's the only re- way-, way I know that song. And also, people are able to just release these songs onto TikTok. They don't have to find radio stations. Like, is radio going to die? Dude, I mean, video already killed the radio star. Yeah. Like, the 90s, huh? Who does that song? That song sucks. Isn't that the first music video that ever played on MTV? Yeah, it is. Just like kind of disappointing that that song isn't more fun to listen to. It's such <laughs> it's it's historical. It's not supposed to be fun to listen to. It's supposed to be fun to watch. Wow, you just blew my mind. What is SoundCloud rap fun to retweet? It's definitely about watching. Fun to watch the entire life of the person performing it <laughs> from the second they wake up. Yeah. Last thing on my agenda is that they brought up in that podcast that um, when Extension died, it was similar to when Tupac or Kurt Cobain died. Mm-hmm. Is that a really big statement? Feels like a really big statement. I think it's hard for you or I to imagine because from our standpoint, we don't remember or weren't alive for Kurt Cobain and Tupac. That's a good point. And 10 years from now. Yeah. Can listen to the kids who are were affected by extension and say, oh, that was the biggest thing in the world. So what? We just, what, what, the, so what? We're in a, we're in a valley of unimportant musical influences. Not that I want someone to die. Just kind of disappointed. It just it is harder because like Nirvana and Tupac were on the radio, right? Like it was, but the radio, I guess, just doesn't matter, right? I think maybe you and I aren't the right people to ask, but like (laughs) for zero of these topics, (laughs) no. But like Mac Miller, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because like to you and I, that was a huge deal, but. Like, man. Hmm. We'll think on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and I were just not in in the SoundCloud phase. We were too old for it. We were honestly too old for it. I think for people for that generation, it might have been a huge, giant deal. Man, I just don't want to be too old for something. This whole process has given me a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> it kind of is. Like, God damn it! all these people are younger than me. Yeah, also, how did all of these people figure out social media superstardom, but none of us, but we didn't? Yeah, I'm like, what the, you, how did you, what did you do? Hmm. Where, and then, and then I'm like, I thought I was a successful troll. What do I have to claim? What do I... I have no really successful trolls to my name. What about that girl that made Weezer cover Toto? (laughs) 
that girl has a claim. Right. I don't have a claim. Anything else that we need to cover? I think this... We were closer this time. <laughs> we learned. It's a micro moment. Right. It's a micro moment. It is a moral dilemma that can be branched out into an entire world of protecting people we view as products, which comes up a lot on this show. It really does. Do you think SoundCloud rap could exist if it weren't for Paris Hilton? No. When he changed his name to Lil Peep, his girlfriend told him it sounded like Lil Penis. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I don't care. (laughs) Great. Wow. Yeah, I I was really disappointed because I was listening to Post Malone and I was like, why can't I get into this? And then I just remembered sitting in a dorm room listening to Schoolboy Q and it, it sounds totally different. But the vibe of it is very, like, you'd only get this if you were really concerned about getting an erection at a frat party. Right. Something about it. Yeah. And it's just not my thing. Not my yeah. problem. Don't know. So that was, I was disappointed by that. Yeah, it's another, it's, it's another thing that reminds me of, like, the Big, Big Brother stuff, you know? The magazine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, there's no way I'd be welcome in the room. Right. Just because... Even if they allowed me to sit there, there's no way I could get a word in, and there's no way I would enjoy myself. Right. They would just and if you did get a word in, they're n- it's not going to be not good matter. I'm glad Trump's Twitter's deleted. I'm also glad Trump's Twitter's deleted. You're not entitled to a Twitter account. We all know that. We all... 6 9 learned that. <laughs> Slut Whisperer learned that. Fuck Mary Kill, six nine slut whisperer Donald Trump. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, I know the no, answer. No, I shouldn't have asked. I don't actually. Is it? Is it taboo to let you answer it's that? Very easy. <laughs> it was really easy. Also, are you even allowed to kill one of those people on a recording legally? Hmm. So I'll say. Ew, but now I'm thinking... So, initially, my thought was, but until I thought about it more, was that I would fuck the slut whisperer and marry 6ix9ine, but then I forgot about the, uh, the all the stuff with 6ix9ine. They really, really, really humanize him in that documentary. Good. Like, I'm sure if they talked to the family of that 13-year-old girl, that would have been a different movie. Yeah. Um, alternative FMK, um, Hollywood Undead, <laughs> Chief Keef, ICP. I think I'm going to fuck Hollywood Undead and marry ICP. I think I'm going to kill Chief Keef. <laughs> you? Mostly as a sympathy move, because I feel like Chief Keef already had a hit out on yeah. him. I don't want to kill him. So instead I'm going to kill Hollywood Undead because I don't really know what yeah. they're up to, but... Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that. And then, so I guess I'm going to fuck Chief Keef. 
and marry ICP. Holly one dead on always already wearing mask though, so it would be safe. <laughs> what was the most stressful part about your week when the capital got mobbed? <laughs> I just really couldn't understand SoundCloud rap. I just don't understand, like, why you'd call yourself XXX Tentacion when you could call yourself anything that I could pronounce. You can call yourself 6ix9ine for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Please follow us on Instagram at NermerNermer and follow us on Twitter at NermerNermer. Also, check out the other podcast that I'm doing called Stephanie Meyer Ruined My Life. It's all about the Twilight Saga and about the side books that Stephanie Meyer wrote. I'm halfway through the series. It's an eight-episode series taking a closer look at uh, Life and Death, Midnight Sun, and Twilight. Check it out. It's way more research-based than this one, and it's not explicit, but it is fun. Leave a five-star review on that one, too.